That just means there's nothing in my life God can't fix. Praise the Lord. Raise your Bibles up real high. If you don't have a Bible, just grab somebody's arm. Say, this is God's word. Come on, you got to say it like you believe it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now let's pray together. Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. We truly have direction from the word of God. As we share the word this morning, I thank you for the Holy Spirit who is our teacher, who is our guide. Who is the one that can interpret that which man is saying into that which God is saying. And I pray that as I have decreased that the anointing in my life will rise so that the Spirit of God can feed every person in this room spiritually. I thank you for your word coming across with conviction, with clarity, and with confidence. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. As stated at the beginning of our current series, this year will mark the year that Word of Truth Family Church will break ground on this new facility. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm so glad. Praise the Lord. I'm glad too. Because this is the year of favor for who? Favor for the faithful. God is going to abundantly and supernaturally bless us. So that we have enough to be blessed and to be able to be a blessing to the kingdom. Our current teaching started our 2010 series on giving called Living in the Overflow. Say that with me. Say living Living. in the overflow. And our first lesson, we've entitled it The Principle of First Fruit Giving. And the purpose of this this series, I want you to write this down. The goal of this series is to increase your faith to be able to give. This is the goal of the series. Number one is to increase your faith to be able to give. Number two, to understand the biblical principle of giving is how God's house gets built and how our house gets blessed. I'm going to say that again. The second uh, governing reason of why we're having this series is so you can understand that the biblical principle of giving is how God's house gets built And our house gets blessed. Someone say amen to that. Number three, the purpose of the series, is to raise the down payment for our construction loan. And then finally, because see, here's what I don't believe. And I don't believe the word teaches us this either. I don't believe that the word teaches us that chicken sales, say chicken sales. Car washes, say car washes. Or candy drives, say candy drives. I don't believe that's the way God's house is supposed to be built. I have not read about any of those in the Bible. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor. We did that in my last church, though. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. 
You visit and don't get offended. It's all right. And then last but not least, we're going to help you understand the benefits that come with giving. Now, I'm going to put my disclaimer out there, and then we're going to jump into this morning's lesson. Here's the disclaimer. This is for those who are new at Word of Truth Family Church and those of you who are visiting. I typically only teach, uh, teach giving only once a year. Unless the Lord leads me to do it more than that, I'll do what the Lord says. But for the most part, I do a tithe of teaching for the year. That's about six weeks because there are how many weeks in a year? 52 weeks. So I go five to six weeks in teaching on giving. And the reason I do that is because faith only comes by what? So if it only comes by hearing, it only stays by hearing. Now, let me tell you what I'm not teaching. I'm not teaching you to give to get. Now, here's the principle, though. I already know that we're going to get from giving. But here's the problem that most believers have. If you give to get, what happens when you get enough? You say, Pastor, I can't never get enough. Yes, you can. You can reach a point where all of your needs are met. You have everything that you desire. You have more money than what you need. Then my question to you is, what you going to do next? So listen, your giving cannot be controlled by what you get. It has to be controlled. Here's what I'm teaching. Give to give. And here's why. Because Jesus said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because a harvest always comes to the person that gives. So I, listen. Now, some people teach this. You should not expect God to give you something if you gave something. Well, then, I'm, I, listen, that's just as worse as giving to get. I mean, if I don't expect God to do what he said, then what do I expect God to do? So there's nothing wrong with believing that he said he will return it. But if your motive is only the return, then your motive in giving is wrong. Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm guilty of that. Amen. Turn your Bibles to Romans chapter 3 very quickly. Romans chapter 3. Romans 3. Romans 3. God's word is full of principles. Say principles. And last, well, two weeks ago, we learned in our first lesson that God's word is full of principles. And all of these principles are designed to work consistently as we exercise our faith. Now, in Romans chapter 3, verse 27, if you're there, say, I'm there. All right, if you don't catch it, just try to look at the screen. Sometimes they put it up there. All right, it says in verse 27, Where is boasting then? Is it excluded? By what law? Say law. Now that word law is translated principle. It says by what law? Of works. No, but by the law of what class? The law of faith or the principle of faith. And all of God's promises are are governed by the principle of faith. And see, one of the principles that's in God's word is that he's no respect of persons. If you want to write down Romans chapter 2, verse 11, the NIV version of that verse says this. God has no favoritism. Now, here's why I'm saying that. Because in order for us to understand the first uh, fruit principle, we need to see that not only is it a principle, but that God will work that principle for us today just like he did it back then. And when you understand it's a principle, then you won't have no problem working it. It's just like the law of gravity. It hasn't stopped since when? That was a trick question. It ain't stopped. Okay? So the first fruit principle is a principle. Now, here's what I want you to do. Go to Romans chapter 11 very quickly. Romans 11. Romans 11. I'm excited because I want to get into the benefits of the first fruit principle. All right. The principle of first fruit says this. And in essence, let me read the verse and then I'll tell you what the first fruit principle really is all about. Uh, Romans chapter where I tell you to go. 
11, verse 16. He says now, watch this now. For if the first fruit be what? Come on, class. If the first fruit is holy, if you take out the first of something and it's holy, then what's what else happens? Then the what? The lump is also what? Holy. So here's the first fruit principle. It says this. When the first or the best of a whole has been taken out and set aside and given to God, God is obligated then to not only bless the rest of what you kept, but he's also obligated to bring some more of what you gave. Now, the difference between this one, and I'm going to jump, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but I'm going to explain it to you. The difference between this and tithe is totally different because the tithe is mandatory. Amen. The tithe is 10%. Someone asked me this week, Pastor, do we tithe off the net or, or, or the gross? Turn to Leviticus very quickly, Leviticus 27. And those of you who already know this, faith comes by what? You know, but we have to remember there are new people that come in and they don't understand. See, you have to understand how many uh, in a traditional church was never taught tithing in a traditional church? How many? Yeah, I mean, it just wasn't something that was discussed. And then even if they told us to do it, they didn't teach us how to do it or why we needed to do it. In Leviticus chapter 27, are you there? Look in verse 30. It says, and all the tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree, whose is it? Whose is it? It's the Lord. So 10% of what we bring in belongs to God. Let's look at one more. You don't have to turn there. I'm going to read it to you. I want you to turn your Bibles real quickly to Malachi chapter 3 while I'm giving you this point. In Deuteronomy 14, 22, you can write that down. It says, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of your seed and that which brings forth from the field year by year. So he's saying you shall truly tithe all of your increase. So that means everything you get your hand on, if it's increased, you tithe on it. Then you have to be careful even with your income tax because sometimes your income tax is not just what you overpaid. It's some benefits also that the government gave you. So my thing is, give it anyway. Just be covered. <laughs> so let me get this out of my hand. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, uh, in Deuteronomy 20, uh, 14, 23, I thought was interesting because it distincts now the difference between the tithe and the first fruit. It goes on to say in verse 23 that you shall eat the, uh, before the Lord your God in the place that he shall choose a, uh, to place his name there. It, then it goes on to say the tithe, you tithe the corn of the wine of the oil. And then it says the first flings or the firstlings of thy herds and thy flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord. So tithing is designed to help us fear the Lord. Amen. See, you can't fear your bills more than you do God. When you fear your bills more than you do God, you're saying, God, I really don't believe that what you said you would do, you'll do. Amen. And that tells us too what we write the check first as. See, just go on and write the check first. So that way it's gone. Amen. It's just gone. So now you can't try to figure out, okay, all right, if I get my tithe last, then uh, maybe all these bills would have cleared. And uh, No, just go on and write it first. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, go to Malachi. Are you there? All right. Look in verse uh, Malachi now is the last book in the Old Testament. Consider the Old Testament, really. Uh, chapter 3. Let's look in verse 8. Are you there? It says, now, will a man rob who? God, yet you've robbed me. He said, how have you robbed me in tithes and what? In offerings. And then it says, you're cursed with a curse. That just means that God ain't on your side when you do that. Now, I don't know about you, but I want God on my side all the time. Because there's too much going on out there. The economy's bad, and I don't want to live by that economy. I want to live by this one. Amen. He goes on to say, now, 
Watch the benefits of tithing, and then we're going to jump into the first fruit benefits and principles. Watch the benefits of tithing. He goes on to say, wherein you robbed me, and then he says, bring how much? All the tithe, that's net or gross, what is that? That's gross. That's real easy right there. He said all the tithe. And then say some of it. He said all the tithe until where? The storehouse, not your house, not mama's house, storehouse. That there may be. No, I know people who do that or did that. Amen. I know a lady who just, uh, who passed recently. And when I first talked to her years ago, she died young too. I don't understand that. But years ago, she used to give her tithe to people that needed it. But see, you don't give your tithe to people that need it because those people who need it can't bless you. You only give your tithe to the person that can bless you. Amen? And then it goes on to say, I love this. He says in verse 11. Well, let's look at verse 10. He says, when you bring the tithe into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house and prove me when. Now, that means every time you tithe, you ought to be proving God. See, that, that don't matter how many bills you've got, you ought to be proving God. Now, bad stewardship don't make God not do his word now. Now, see, some people think that, well, I can just manage my money wrong and God will still come through. No, because he gave you common sense. Amen. You cannot go and buy $100 worth of lotto tickets with your electricity bill and hope God's going to come through for you. (laughs) Touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know who do that. But somebody in here doing that. Okay. He says, I will open the windows of heaven. And pour you out of what? A blessing that there may not be, that there shall not be room enough to receive. So the first benefit of tithing is that the windows of heaven are open. That just means opportunities are there. Opportunities that God will bring to you. And that's where promotions and increases in entrepreneurship, that's where, those where ideas come in at. Praise the Lord. Then he says, I will rebuke the devourer for what? For your sake. That means he will keep the devil off your stuff. There's nothing like being blessed and then the devil taking it. Then he goes on to say, he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. And I love this promise. This is such a good promise. He says here now, all nations. Well, he says, you, you shall, uh, he, he the, the devourer, shall not destroy the fruits of your ground. Neither, see, that shows you, when, when, uh, when it's layoff time, see, that's destroying the fruit of your ground. That's layoff time. Now, let's just save you until you get laid off. First of all, some of y'all got laid off because you didn't like that job anyway. You didn't have enough courage to quit or to find another job, so God just helped you. But how many last year got, you know, kicked out for your job and you ended up with a better one? Let me see your hand. See, aren't you glad that that job left? Everybody I've talked to that lost a job here at Word of Truth Family Church, they ended up with a better job. So if you lose your job, don't worry about it. Say, Lord, thank you. I didn't have a, enough courage to quit or find another one. You got me out of my comfort zone. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Then he goes on to say, verse 12, and all nations shall call you what? Blessed. So tithing opened as a window to heaven. Blessings come out. He rebukes the devour. People call us blessed. And so that's the difference. Now let's go to look at the difference now and the distinction between the first fruit. Go to Nehemiah chapter 10. Nehemiah chapter 10. This is going to be so good this morning. Nehemiah 10. And then as I was studying, I discovered uh, a, a principle that I really didn't know was still active in the New Testament. You know, when I study, I just don't look at the Old Testament. I look at the New Testament. And it's a principle that I'm going to share with you this morning that is going to blow your head off when I give it to you. 
Praise the Lord. Nehemiah chapter 10, look at verse 37. People, I need my head, Pastor. Don't blow it off. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 10, look at verse 37. Are you there? Say, I'm there. Watch this now. I'm showing you the distinction between the first fruit and the tithe. And verse 37 says, And that we should bring the what? First fruits of our what? Dough and our offerings and the fruit of all manner of trees, of wine and of oil, unto the priest, to the chambers of the house of our God. Watch this now. And the what? Circle that. Tithes of the what? Ground unto the Levites, that the same Levites may have all the tithes and all the cities of our tillage. Now, I wanted you to see there that the word first fruit was mentioned and also the word tithe. So they can't be the same if he mentioned them in the same verse. Are you with me? All right. Now go to 2 Chronicles very quickly. 2 Chronicles 31. 2 Chronicles 31. All right. 2 Chronicles 31. Let's see. Is there a difference between the tithe and the first fruit? And if it is, what are the difference in blessings? 2 Chronicles chapter 31. Look in verse 4. Are you there? All right. It says, moreover, he commanded the people that dwelt in Jerusalem to give the portion of the priest and the Levites that they may be encouraged in the law of the Lord. That's why you give to you, your pastors, because they, it, it encourages them. Praise the Lord. Then he goes on to say in verse five. Yeah. I mean, I just had to throw that one in there. I didn't see that. All right. Praise the Lord. And as soon as the commandment came abroad, the children of Israel brought in abundance to what class? Come on, class. They brought in abundance the first fruits, circle that, of the corn, the wine, and oil, and honey, and watch this, and all of the what? Increase. So they used to give first fruits from all of their increase. Watch what it says. Then he says, and the what? Tithe of all things were brought they in abundantly. So the tithe and the first fruit are different. Do you see that? Now, let's look at an Old Testament and New Testament example of the first fruit principle operating. Now, last week, I, well, not last week, the week before last, I gave you an illustration of the first fruit principle in the New Testament. And it was when Jesus died for us that God took the best of all mankind. He took him and when he took him and he sacrificed his first one, he got all the rest of us. Do you see that? I gave that illustration, get the CD from the week before last. Well, let's look at an Old Testament example of first fruit being given. Go to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Now, everybody may know the story, but they may not have looked at it as a first fruit principle being active. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 1, let's look in verse 10. Now, this lady was named Hannah. Her husband's name was kind of different. It was Elkanah. That almost sounds like a lady name, don't it? All right, well... She used to come and he used to come. He had two wives, by the way. And they used to come up every year to sacrifice and give to the Lord. Well, in verse 11 or uh, in verse 1 or chapter 1 in, in uh, parts of chapter 1, Hannah did not have any children. And back in those days, that was almost seen or viewed as, you, as if you were cursed or something. And so she prayed to the Lord and said, Lord, if I will give you, if you will give me a child, I'll give it back to you. What does that sound like? That sounds like a first fruit. Well, look in verse 10 or verse 11 and uh, verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and she prayed unto the Lord and she wept sorely. Verse 11. And she vowed a vow. And she said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on my afflictions of, the, of thine handmaiden and what? Because that's one of the benefits. And I'm going to show you this again. Say, just circle. Remember me because one of the benefits of the first fruit principle, God will remember you. 
You say, well, what does that mean? Listen, in the time of trouble is when I need God to remember me. Okay, so she said, remember me and forget not your handmaiden, but will give unto thy handmaid a man child. Notice she was very specific. Then she said, I will give him unto who? The Lord all the days of his life and there shall no razor become, become on his head. In other words, Samuel probably had dreads. Ain't nothing wrong with dreads. You want to grow dreads? Grow them. I don't think I had a patience to grow them. All right. But basically, he didn't cut his hair. Now, let's jump down to uh, verse 26. And she said, oh, my Lord. Watch this. As thy soul live, my Lord, I am the woman. She was talking to Eli, the priest that was at the temple. She said, I'm the woman that stood by you here praying unto the Lord. For this child, I pray. See, Samuel was born. And then she had to, she had to give God back, give him back to God. So the Bible says she weaned him. In other words, you know how you breastfeed? And then you get him off of you. And then he was probably a toddler when she gave him to Eli. Well, then he says, I pray, verse 27, for this child I prayed, and the Lord has given me my petition, which I've asked of him. Therefore, also, watch this now, I have lent him to who? As long as he lived, he shall be lent to the Lord, and he worshiped what? There. He worshiped the Lord there. Now, watch this. Jump down now to chapter 2. Go to chapter 2. Let's look in verse 18. Yeah, verse 18. But Samuel ministered, this is Samuel now, the kid, her son that God gave her, that she gave back to the Lord. But Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child, girded with a linen ephod. He had a little preacher jacket. Look at verse 19. Moreover, his mother made him a little coat. Y'all thought I was joking, didn't you? She made him a little coat and brought it to him. Probably had a cape like Batman, I don't know. And brought it to him from year to year when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice. Watch this now. Verse 20. She had no kids yet. Verse 20. And Eli did what? He what? He blessed who? He blessed Elk, another man, and his what? Oh, my goodness. Now, let's stop right here because one of the benefits of the first fruit principle, the man of God can bless you. I read this. I, I got a ton of scriptures for you on this one. I was like, Lord, the man of God can bless somebody. And he just took me through the Old Testament, took me through the New Testament. And I was like, wow. And it happened to me this weekend. I was at Gateway at the conference there. And my prayer on the way to the conference is like, Lord, I want, the, I want to make the impact that Pastor Robert Morris is making. I want the same level of impact that he's making. Lord, I will, be, I will be faithful just like he is. I will be accountable just like he is. Lord, I will run it right like he does. Just give me the impact. And when I got to service that night, he says, I've never done this in, the life, uh, in my life or in my ministry. I want all the senior pastors to stand up. I want to bless you with the blessing and anointing I have to run to do what I'm doing. And I received it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Watch this now. He blessed them. What did he do? He blessed them. Watch now in verse, uh, watch what he says. This is what he blessed them with. He says, the Lord will give you seed of this woman for the loan. Let me read that the way it says. The Lord give thee seed of this woman for the loan which she lent to the Lord. He's saying, Lord, give her some seed because she loaned you what she gave you. And they went to their home. And the Lord visited Hannah so that she conceived, watch this now, and she bare what? Three sons and what else? Two daughters and the child Samuel grew before the Lord. I want you to see when she took the first fruit principle and just gave it to the Lord. 
She could have just went barren the rest of her life. But God said, no, you know what? When I give, when someone gives me something that is precious to them, when they take out what's the best and they give it to me, he says, you know what? I'm going to now give them my best. I'm going to multiply what they gave me. And she ended up with five kids. So if you don't want five kids, don't commit the one you got to the Lord. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just messing with you. Now, I want to put this in there. I want to put this in there. If you desire to give, if, let me, I'm going to put it like I write it. I wrote it. If your desire to give is always bigger than your desire to get, God will always provide some more for you to sow. I'm going to say that again. If your desire, say desire. If your desire to give is always bigger than your desire to get, God will always, say always. He will always provide more for you to sow. I cannot tell you how many people have come to me already because we have the giving day coming up. And I challenge everybody, whatever God put in your heart to give, listen, say, Lord, if, I, if you don't have it, say, Lord, give it to me. And so many people have already come to me and say, Pastor, I wanted to give $1,000 and I didn't have it. But because I wanted to give it, I've already got it now. See, now you, what you got to do is just hold on to it. And if you can't hold on to it, you need to go on to give it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right. But see, God will never, and, and this principle is in scripture because remember, remember when Abraham was getting ready to sacrifice his own son? It was his only son. He was doing the same thing that Hannah did. Right before he was getting ready to kill it, God stopped him. And guess what happened? A substitute was given. And that substitute was a ram in the bush. And then guess what? Abraham not only had Isaac that he was able to keep, how many other sons that he had? The Bible said he had a multitude because we're sons and daughters of Abraham. Say amen to that. All right. Now, look in verse, uh, go to Ezekiel. Go to Ezekiel. I know you don't turn to that, by that book that much. You're going to have to t- uh, blow some dust off of it when you get over there. All right. The, the, the man of God has the power, say power, the power to bless you. And so on our giving Sunday, when we worship and give to, together, I'm praying now, since I learned this, I'm saying, Lord, what blessing do you want me to pronounce on the people? Because, see, you know, I don't want you to just bring it and give it without getting a blessing from it. Amen. And in Ezekiel chapter 44, let me show you this principle again. All right. Look in verse 30. Ezekiel 44, 30. It says, and the first of what? Are y'all there? Ezekiel 44, 30. And the first of all, the first fruits of all things and every oblation of all and of every sort of oblations shall be the priest. You shall also give it to the priest, the first of your dough. Watch this now. Whenever the first fruit are given, watch what he says. That he, the priest, may cause the blessing to rest in your house. There is a certain thing called the blessing. Say the blessing. See, when you give first fruit, the man of God has the power to now pronounce, to pronounce the blessing on your life. Now, I went and researched the blessing. There is more than one way that the blessing can come into your life. One of the ways that the blessing, say the blessing. One of the ways the blessing can come into your life is through oral pronouncement. That's what happened to me this week. That's what I'm going to do on our giving day. An oral pronouncement. That's when a leader now pronounces blessing on you. And you know what? Some of y'all may say, I don't know about that. Well, it's in the New Testament. Go to Luke very quickly, chapter 2. Go to Luke chapter 2. Let me show you this principle of the blessing taking place in the New Testament. Go to Luke chapter 2. 
Luke 2. And then I started asking the Lord. I said, Lord, we have the power to bless. So let me give you quickly the ways in which the blessing can come about. It can come about through oral pronouncement. It can come about through uh, obedience. It can also come about through oneness or unity. That's in Psalm 133, 1 through 3. And then it can also come through an oath offered down. In other words, a promise. And that's in Galatians chapter 3, verse 14. And, uh, and I'm going to go through those, but I'm not going to do it right now. Luke chapter 2. Are you there? Where I tell you to go. Who? Verse 28. I'm sorry. Luke chapter 2, look at verse 28. Okay, what's the blessing now taking place in the New Testament? I thought this was good. Luke chapter 2, verse 28. Now, this is talking about Simeon who was in the temple. It says in verse 28, Then he, then took he him, well, let's just look at verse 27. And he came by the Spirit, talking about uh, Simeon, into the temple. And when the parents, say parents, notice it has an S on there. That's why both parents are to come to church. Amen. Listen, I, I, I challenge you, if your spouse is not coming to this church, if you are belong, a member of this church and your spouse is not coming, leave an empty seat beside you every Sunday. And if the usher say, can you scoot down? Say, no, this is for my spouse. I'm telling you, I've had two or three people to do this. And it took a little bit, took about four, six months. One person took almost a year. But guess what? They go to church here now. Amen. Watch what it says here. Both of the parents. Who? Both of the parents. All right, I like that. That's, that's very good. Both of the parents came and the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law. Then he, Simeon, took him up, talking about Jesus, into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all the people. I'm just going to jump down now and look at verse 34. And Simeon did what? He blessed them. Everybody say the blessing. Now, look, uh, write down Deuteronomy 33 verse 1. So you can see that that's another verse that talks about the blessing. And then in Proverbs 10.22, it says the blessings of the Lord brings life of overflow. In other words, it says the blessings of the Lord make you rich and add no sorrow. That sounds like overflow to me. Now, go to, we'll close with this one. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3. Let's look at now another benefit of the first fruit principle. Proverbs chapter 3. This benefit is different than the tithe. Proverbs chapter 3, look in verse 9. I used to always read this as if it was the tithe, but then I, when I started, I was like, this is not tithe. This is talking, talking about the first fruit. All right? And then some of you all have, have been given first fruit, and I'm going to teach you next week that... Some people teach it that you give the, your first fruit to the man of God. And, and that's, they did that in the Old Testament, but they also brought it to the house of God. So don't just think you could, I mean, you know, some, to be honest with you, I think some pastors do that to just try to get some money. I'm just being, I mean, the, the Bible do teach it, but it's how you teach it. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So, uh, did y'all get that? All right. So, but, but. When we give, we're going to give it to the house of the Lord. And I'll show you then that, that that happens in both cases, okay? Proverbs chapter 3, look at verse 9. What's the first word there? Honor, Honor who? Honor the Lord with your what? With your substance and with what else? And with the first fruits of what? All your increase. Watch this now because I want you to write this down. Here's the benefit, one of the benefits of the first fruit. The first fruit offering causes savings and overflow. Watch what it says. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all thine increase. 
so shall your barns be filled with what? Plenty. That sounds like I can save right there. Because if I'm filled with plenty, that means I got more and I'm able to keep it. Then he says, then your presses shall burst out with new wine. That sounds like overflow. Say overflow. And you know what? I'm going to challenge everybody to give first fruit. You know why? Because I want to see this, this principle or the promise of it working in everybody's life. And you know what? My, here's my thing. I, there, now, there are two things that I think that can keep the first fruit principle from working in your life. When I get down to that, I'm going to share it with you. Because some people are going to be like, well, Pastor, it didn't work for me. Well, my question is going to be is, what did you violate it? Because you just can't live like, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of an old cartoon. Uh, what's, what was it? What was it? Brudo. Remember Brudo and Popeye? You can't live like Brudo. And violate the principles and expect, I mean, I know we're going to make mistakes, but it's one thing to make a mistake and it's another thing to live in my mistakes. And so I'm going to, we go, I'm, I'm, I have decided I'm going to challenge everybody and we're going to watch God bring overflow. Amen. Did you get something out of this morning's lesson? Amen. All right. If you would, bow your heads with me. You may be here this morning. You've never accepted Jesus Christ.